Hello and welcome to Is Mayonnaise a Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Omar Lopez, and I'm joined with someone who always puts his toothpaste in my peanut butter. Jesus. Josh Hemo. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I told you it was going to be a good one, Josh. Wow. Well, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad that our listeners have joined us for another episode. As always, we are here to visit episodes of SpongeBob and come out with some great life lessons for all of you wonderful people. We'll recap the episodes, break them down, and then pepper in some life lessons and leave you with a big old lesson to take home. So uh, before we get started uh, into this week's episode, I have a small confession to make, Josh. Ooh, juicy. What is it? Uh, super juicy. Um, super juicy. So one of our listeners, one of our wonderful listeners, her name is Chelsea. Shout out to Chelsea. Caught us because one of our our words, our curse words, was not properly censored by our dolphin censor oh. towards the end of last episode. So if any, um, you know how there's eagle eyes? What's the what's the ear equivalent of that? Uh, who knows? I don't know. Eagle-eared listeners. Eagle I'm sure. I'm sure that eagles have ears that can hear very well. Owl-eared because I think owls use their ears. A lot. Our owled ear Ins- listeners, like insert Chelsea. really good hearing animal here ears. I'll go back and post. Be like Omar right now. Just cut now. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> any of those <laughs> listeners, um, any of those listeners that were paying attention, really close attention, might have heard a vulgarity towards the end of our show. But if you downloaded the podcast after a certain point, then it didn't exist anymore. But I would like to thank Chelsea for letting me know. I like it when people reach out and let me know my mistakes. You know, call you out on your. Actually, it. I just want to. It's confess actually it my also. fault. It's my fault. It's absolutely my fault. No, I. I actually think it was my fault because I talked a little bit of trash about dolphins, and I let my dolphin beef or and our dolphin sensor got offended, and they probably just were like, you know what, Omar, censor your own show. So to the dolphin sensor, I'm very sorry. Please don't. Please don't do that to me again. I think you'd learn. That's like a karma thing. Just yeah. Look at what Squidward. Yeah, it was a Squidward moment for me. So again, thank you all for listening and thank you, Chelsea, for letting me know and thank anyone else who just, you know, if you hear something in the podcast, you're like, whoa, that sounded really weird. And it's something that's really noticeable. Maybe you should let me know. If it's something small that only you think you'll notice, then please don't tell me because then I have to go back and fix it. It's got to be worth fixing, you know? Don't give them unnecessary anxiety. Yeah. Anyways, uh, thank you all for listening. And so this week we're going to be taking a look at season one episode eight sandy's rocket and squeaky boots and also for our bubble break we'll be talking about the tony awards so let's dive on in all right so act one sandy's rocket we're started out with spongebob who's very excited to visit our favorite squirrel sandy and he's knocking on her door and sees sandy in a rocket ship she just comes out of the ground and sandy tells spongebob she's going to the moon spongebob obviously wants to tag along but sandy's like you know you know what happened with my whirly bird and all the other failed encounters she has a whole graveyard full of them and spongebob just begs and begs and begs and begs and finally sandy's like you can come and so they're hanging out getting ready for the the flight to the moon and sandy's testing out her pop gun it's a gun that, like, you know, shoots nets, and SpongeBob's like, we can use this to catch aliens, and Sandy's like, no, we're using it for scientific reasons to gather things. And then SpongeBob starts going into this whole rant um, that he's convinced aliens exist because of all these other little things that happen in the world, and Sandy's like, you know what, you're crazy, just, you don't know anything about space, be here tomorrow, 
and at the crack of dawn, we're heading to the moon. So that night, SpongeBob can't sleep, and obviously Patrick suddenly pops up out of nowhere, and he's like, I have a present for you. And SpongeBob's like, ooh, a present? And Patrick's like, here you go, and it's alien repellent for the outside of the ship. So Patrick gives him this alien repellent, and they're like, we should put it on, because, you know, the ship doesn't have alien repellent. And when they go to spray the windows, Patrick gets a little bit, you know, overzealous, and they start to goof off inside, and SpongeBob's like, no, we gotta leave, and then Patrick takes it too far, and finally SpongeBob's too into it, and he's like, you know what? I'm the one that knows how to start this rocket, and he accidentally starts the rocket. In the process, Sandy's woken up with the blasting off of a rocket, because rightfully so, it's a rocket launching next to her house. You know, SpongeBob and Patrick go up to the to the moon. The whole thing is they're up, and they're just circling the moon. They don't ever actually land, and they come right down to Bikini Bottom. So after goofing off in zero gravity, they end up back on Earth, but they think is the moon, and they start going a little stir-crazy, because they think, that because everything looks the same, that the aliens are actually in their heads, trying to convince them that this is all normal. So they were like, we're going to catch all these aliens and bring them back to Sandy. So they start catching all these people, starting off with Squidward, and they find an egg sack under him, and they end up waking him up, and their tentacles flying and everything, and they start going crazy. They capture Squidward, they capture Mr. Krabs, they capture all these other fishes, and finally, as they're stuffing the rocket, Sandy comes down from the actual moon, because she went up there to go look for SpongeBob, she ends up captured too. And SpongeBob and Patrick are like, oh, you know, you just can't trust anybody. And then they realize that maybe one of them's an alien. So Patrick finally has SpongeBob on the ropes, but pulls the trigger and boom, catches himself. Played yourself. And then finally, SpongeBob's like, you know what? We're going to go up. Going to go back to, I mean, not go up. We're going to go back home. He gets in the rocket, and then he ends up on the actual moon. And once he's stuck on the actual moon because the rocket's out of gas, all the aliens are like, hey, SpongeBob, the aliens want to have a word with you. And that's how this, uh, the act ends. First of all, Sandy is such a genius. Every time we see her, she's just such a good influence, I think, on Bikini Bottom. Probably the smartest person in Bikini Bottom. It's been quite a while since we've seen her, too. So it's mm-hmm. nice to see that, like, how smart she is showcased. Not only was she be able to build a rocket or to go to the moon, but this is not her first time to the moon. And she mentions that. I mean, she even has this jetpack that she uses to go to the moon. It takes a lot of work. It takes a very smart person, or squirrel in this case, to pull this off. It's very impressive. And I also want to note that when you're closer to the Earth, like deeper in the ocean, the gravity is more intense because you're closer to the core or something like that. But the gravity is more intense. That's why when you swim, you feel more pressure on your head and the pressure increases. So this squirrel is launching a rocket from underwater through the water and up to the moon. And not to mention, you mentioned that jetpack. She, she makes it up there pretty easily on yeah. her own with just the jetpack. Like, I don't know what she had planned for the rocket, but it was probably going to be pretty impressive. She got to carry something all those with the, or to carry all those moon rocks. Exactly. So she had the rocket. It's kind of crazy that Sandy is a character within all these other characters because none of the other characters show, like, maybe Plankton is the closest as far as technical prowess, but, like, Sandy's the only one that, like, shows that kind of ingenuity, I think. Yeah, that's a very good way to look at it. It's like her, Plankton, and I think to some degree, Mr. Krabs. Um, money-wise and business-wise, he's a pretty mm-hmm. smart dude. Yeah, he's always cutting corners. Yeah, SpongeBob showing off his shape-shifting ability and with all the beakers and the glasses and fitting in the drawers. Again, godlike power, just unchecked. Especially when uh Patrick opens up that door, 
busts a hole right through it. Yeah, SpongeBob yeah. doesn't even flinch. Mm-mm. He's a god. If you guys got evidence against him being a god, please provide it. But again, every episode stacking against you. So it's just every single moment he gets stronger and stronger. We have no idea the limit to his power. It's kind of scary, actually. It's kind of scary. Um. Also, I think uh, SpongeBob invented another thing. What? Well, I'm sure it's been around for forever, but um, he's mansplains. He mansplains Sandy. Or sponge splains. Sponge splains. <laughs> sponge splaining. Because Sandy's all like, there's no aliens. And he's like, well, what about Atlantis and cowlicks and 99 cent stores and mysterious circles that appear in kelp fields overnight? Conspiracy, man. Conspiracies. He's into conspiracies, which is fine. Teach their own. Mm, I don't but think so. I want to explain how 99 cent stores, cowlicks are alien inventions. Now, what what is a cowlick exa- exactly? I have an idea, but I want to make sure it's the right one before I say it out loud and I sound stupid. Uh, cowlicks are where it's like part of your hairline or part of your hair where it does it stays up or it doesn't how do you say? It's like the alfalfa thing? Yeah, exactly cool. like that. That's what I that's what I thought cuz mm-hmm. I was like I don't want to I don't want to sound like an idiot. Too I can late. edit it out, but I don't I don't want to try. Always an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and then another thing is Atlantis. He mentions Atlantis, and we don't really see Atlantis to like later. Mm-mm. Or I would say like the SpongeBob movie is like a direct reference to Atlantis. Does he think Atlantis is a mythical place or a real place that is only explained by mythical power? I think maybe a real place. Doesn't he mention it um, in this um, Barnacle Boy and Mermaid Man episode? Oh, yeah, where he's like they're trying to protect Atlantis. Yeah, to, bring, to make more food. Like he, they build the 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 enlarging ray or whatever. Yeah, that, yeah, to that, make more kelp, kelp fields. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe Mermaid Man and Barticle Boy, since they're f- possibly from Atlantis, are aliens. Mm. Maybe that's how he like they explain their powers. Yeah, I w- I'd be interested. I need to do more research into the SpongeBob lore as far as Atlantis goes and how mm-hmm. how it works within there, but. Also, 99 cent stores are pretty mystical. Why is everything so cheap? Where do they get all that material? China. Or, may- it's or maybe China. it's just a legend because like, you don't see 99 cent stores in the SpongeBob universe. So maybe he just is talking about above land. Maybe That's he's, true. He's like, whoa, what do you, how do you explain those? How do you no explain one, the 99 cent stores above land? No one in the SpongeBob universe really has hair. So they can't really have cowlicks. Maybe Sandy's probably the closest thing. As a squirrel covered in fur. I'm just glad that there's also crop circles in, you know, SpongeBob's universe and Bikini Bottom. Under the sea. Under the sea. I don't know how they would work under the sea. Because, like, wouldn't the kelp just sway back to normal? But I don't know. Aliens. It's all explained through aliens. Always. And, I mean, I guess it makes sense. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not one for conspiracy theories except for the fact that SpongeBob is a god. That's the only conspiracy theory I subscribe to. That and maybe that Beyonce's in the Illuminati, but I also like to think that she's just that powerful. She doesn't need a secret organization. Shout out to Beyonce. Shout out Shout to the out. Illuminati. <laughs> yeah, we have no beef with the Illuminati. I want that very clear. I don't want. I don't want that. Not again. <laughs> not again. Um, I want to talk about a not safe for work topic, possibly. Ooh. If that's okay with you, Josh. Yeah. Why in God's green earth is SpongeBob and Patrick so satisfied after that rocket shakes? They push that button and it just shakes all up and they're just like, 
Like they had their time of their lives. Those vibrations, good vibrations. Uh, vibrations <laughs> where? <laughs> All this over. isn't a massage chair in the mall, Josh. That was Great. a lot of shaking. It's better than a massage chair at the mall. Mm-mm, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. This is a kid's show. I also, don't like that. I guess more importantly, why is that a feature on Sandy's Rocket? Maybe if you like, if something sticks onto the outside. Just shake it off? You shake it off. Like Taylor Swift. Snake. That's snake. <laughs> Um, so I don't have a ton of fun facts for this particular act but one thing that I do want to mention is the whole storyline of because when when Spongebob lands back in Bikini Bottom or I should say crashes back in Bikini Bottom he's like oh it's the aliens putting things in our minds and that's actually the reason I picked up on this and I did more research on this specifically is because when I was in middle school I actually read the book The Martian Chronicles and that's part of the Martian Chronicles where a character does that, where they end up in a, on Mars, if I remember correctly, and they, the, the Martians trick him into thinking that it's a normal place because of they use his thoughts against him. Mm. Also, another fun fact for film buffs out there, when they're weightless in the rocket, there's a book called 2001, which SpongeBob Wiki and I would also go to say that just by the setting... And what's going on in the whole space theme, they think it's a reference to 2001 Space Odyssey, which is a famous sci-fi, sci-fi oh, book. Nice. So, so those are little things. I also... Whoa. I, why do you think the creators picked toothpaste and peanut butter as a, as a mixing combination? That was weird. Like, I understand it's like a play on the whole recess. You got your chocolate or your peanut butter, my chocolate, blah, blah, yeah. blah. I don't know why toothpaste is what their go-to. Yeah, I don't know why. I also feel like there's some sexual undertones in that too. No, just just a little bit. Just a little bit, because it threw you off when I introduced you. When I when I introduced you like that, you were like, I I'm confused. Got me shook. Yeah, I, sorry. It was probably <laughs> harassment. <laughs> Trying to understand this whirly bird incident, like exactly what this is. I understand if that was like a graveyard of her failed experiments or whatever happened with that or it was a graveyard of people that died because of whatever this incident <laughs> was oh i read it as like failed exp- or like either experiments that have failed and he just added to the collection mm-hmm. or like experience experiments that spongebob has personally ruined i don't know it's a huge graveyard and it was outside in the water and not in her tree dome i feel like she you think maybe like spongebob mass murdered someone like with think, think that low-key what they're trying to reference to <laughs> i don't know maybe this episode is a little i mean this act is a little darker than we thought yeah <laughs> yikes he's just a he just goes crazy when it comes to sandy's experiments i mean he just goes off the end he, obviously if that's what we read into this that he killed a bunch of people because of that this next time he gets in this rocket he just kidnaps a bunch of people don't upset a god no not with people now gods with power like that don't deal with the wrath i would Um, really like to talk about squidward's uh squidward's little scene mm -hmm. first of all either squidward sleeps in a muumuu or that's a very interesting like what are they called negligees or whatever Mm -hmm. nightgown Uh, nightgown and then what's the hot water bottle for like that's more old school thing i don't know what what do you really do i don't really know what those do it's like 
because we can be smart and actually look this Josh, up. Josh is doing a quick Google. I'll do some research real quick. And while you're doing your research, uh, Mr. Krabs has a pet worm, which I'm really excited for, but you never see the pet worm ever again. He's in one more episode. Really? Mr. Doodles is his name, and mm. he's in one more episode as seen on TV. I don't know when that happens, but that is a thing. Hmm. That's good yeah. to know. That's I'm looking Fun forward fact. to that. Because, like, you know, pet worms are like the dogs of, of SpongeBob, and I enjoy that. I love dogs. So that thing is called a hot water bottle. Yeah. Surprise. Hot water bag or whatever. Usually you just fill it with hot water, and the idea it's supposed to just keep your bed warm. So this oh. is probably, like, pre-heat pad. Yeah. And I guess it makes sense. Like, why would he have, like, a heat heating blanket? Yeah. How would you show that? Like, an electric blanket. Shock it out of himself. Oh, another reference I forgot to mention is when Squidward's tentacle smacks onto the face of Patrick. That's also supposed, supposedly people think that's a reference to the movie Alien, like the face huggers. Yeah. I got a lot of that alien vibes from this. A lot of references in this entire episode. Yeah. Uh, episode two also has like another like reference, which I think is cool. It's nice. It's nice to see like little homages to other other media around there. Yep. And it's like a little fun fact, the uh video game that Patrick is playing is all Tetris noises. Mm-hmm. Apparently from like Game Boy. Oh so, nice. Yeah. A lot of cultural stuff. Tetris is the shit. It is the I love shit. Tetris. I've never you beat it. Just... I've never seen the castle fly away. I've never gotten that satisfaction before. The castle flies away? Isn't that a thing? That's like an yeah. old Tetris that if you beat it, there's like a castle that flies away. Don't play me in Tetris. Or Don't. Crash Team Racing. Because I will beat you. It's true. He's really good at Crash Team Racing. Yeah, I have yet to have someone match me in Crash Team Racing. One day. It's it's a curse. It's used, a gift and a curse. Is it? Used to be good at that. I don't know what happened. Maybe it's the 15 years of not playing it. Oh, I don't know. I picked that right back up. Mm. I was like, boom. Nah. Like riding a bike. <laughs> right into a sauce pot. <laughs> Anyways, Mrs. Puff, when she gets jacked, and like kidnapped or whatever. She talks about a permanent record. And I don't know. I have particular beef with permanent records because they always tell you, especially in cartoons, they made it seem like a huge deal. Like, oh, it's going to go on your permanent record. I've never once had a permanent record affect any decision ever in my life. Were you always a bad kid, though? No, but I mean, like, does their permanent record, like, do people actually look at that shit? Do schools actually, like, when you go from, like, oh, I'm going from middle school to high school. There has to be some sort of file-keeping system that passes from school to school, right? But Just like, like it, when well, you transfer doctors, like, you get information passed from doctor to doctor. Like, Does that matter before high school? I don't know. I mean, like, at the end of high school? like Yeah, I mean, after well, high school, who cares about your permanent record? No one gives a shit. No, but I'm saying, like, the colleges don't look at that. So, like, if I was a total asshole, like, all the, my entire elementary school life. No, colleges don't care. That's good enough. I think that's like one of the things is that you're brought up in school for what, 12 years thinking that all these actions you're going to do are going to really going to super impact your future college career and your life. When in all actuality, it doesn't do, doesn't really do that. I mean, like junior and senior year, you got to keep your grades up to get into a good college and like SATs mm-hmm. and stuff, but I don't know, here, no permanent record keeping you away from school. I would say, I would say you're, you're, your habits that you develop are the things that really like fuck you over. Yeah, but that's not something they teach you in school. No, definitely not. 
Um, so any lessons that stuck out to you, Josh? Like a practical lesson that I saw is if you're going to use guns um, or own a gun or whatever, make sure you're trained. Make sure you know how to use it properly, um, mm-hmm. not only for other people's safety, but for your own. I noticed twice that Patrick, in all of his infinite wisdom, does not know how to use the gun properly. When he was trying to pump the gun, he was looking straight down the barrel. And then at the end, when they had a little show off showdown between uh, SpongeBob and Patrick, Patrick ends up shooting himself with his own gun. Yeah, rule so, number one with a gun is don't point it at something you don't want dead. Yeah. So. So just be careful. Think like, about that. There are ways to be responsible to be a responsible gun owner, and part of that is making sure you're trained properly. Um, another thing, don't trespass is what I saw. Yep. Don't just don't put you don't know. You're you're don't push buttons you don't know like you what if what if Patrick moving that joystick just blew up the whole rocket or something destroyed all of Bikini Bottom in one go one boom since we know there's radioactive explosions everywhere exactly so, one little one little misfire could explode done. destroy everything end of series <laughs> thank you eight episodes in done um don't be careful with other people's stuff. Like you may think that you're qualified to use someone else's car or whatever it is, equipment, mm-hmm. whatever. It could be anything. Um, but if you don't know how to use it, if you're not properly trained, you could end up kidnapping all your friends in Bikini Bottom or something just as bad as that. So make sure just to be mindful of knowing what your abilities are. For me, what I find is when it comes to other people's stuff, when people get too comfortable, it's not really that it's not really that they're not careful. It's that sometimes I find the opposite where they're too comfortable with it. And it, like I've had people where they hop into a car and they like to back up, they just like floor it. And the, but because they're, they're good at driving, they're used to it. They're really good at it. But the thing is, like one small fuck up and you're it's something's broken and it's not yours that you like you don't own. And I find that with like camera gear too is like people will borrow gear from other people and they're just like, oh, well, this is how I treat my stuff. And it's like, you got to treat your, you got to treat other people's stuff a little bit better than you treat your stuff. More than a little bit, a lot better. Yeah. Even even if it is a friend, because if you break something, it really probably isn't going to be you forking it out of pocket, especially if it's a friend to replace it. Like it's going to be them forking over the money to get that thing fixed. If you're a good friend, I feel like you should at least help if you can. Offer, but also like if you're also a good friend, you're gonna be like, nah, it's okay. Like I'll take care of it. Yeah. Or maybe. I don't know. It depends on for me. It depends, it depends on the, the value on, on the, the thing. item. And if you someone busted someone busted my MacBook, I make them pay for it. Yeah, probably. You probably beat them up, Josh. You're a very violent I, person. I need this thing. I am. I'll go Hulk on your ass. Ooh. Someone belongs at the salty spittoon. <laughs> Don't get suckered in those spirit conspiracy theories, though. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of times there, like, there are some conspiracy theories that are kind of fun to play around, like the fact that Avril Lavigne it, was replaced. Just died and got yeah, replaced. Yeah, she, she died and got replaced, which, you know, might be true. I don't to know. To just come out with a girlfriend, which there's a I lot guess, of evidence. To be fair, girlfriend did do very well for her mm-hmm. career. Yeah. It was just kind of a nosedive after that, though. But, but did it do well? I, I don't mean, know. I've heard it on everything. Skater boy, skater boy versus girlfriend, though. I, I think, pop culture wise, girlfriend was very big. Like it was in movies. It was in like references to stuff. 
so maybe it wasn't like the best mute like artist quality wise but i think it did like make her popular i could see that and it kind of and it kind of ushered in a maybe not really but like in a way it was the first time i really saw music videos like just being over the top goofy with stuff Mm -hmm. like that i'm sure it's happened in the past but now you see a lot of like Katy Perry and Taylor Swift and like a lot of the pop artists music videos are just cr- over the top and silly much like girlfriend was. I could see that. I don't know. Some conspiracy theories like the f- like flat earthers. Flat earthers. If you any if any flat earthers listen to this podcast, I got no sympathy for you. Anti-vaxxers. I don't think you're smart at all. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I don't like being mean, but you're making us all dumber. Yeah. That's, Stop how, it. that's how I feel about anti-vaxxers. Like, I think there's some, maybe, like, I understand where they're coming from. They, like, don't mm-hmm. want to put their children in harm's way. But that's exactly what you're doing by not vaccinating your kid. Mm-hmm. There's a reason people go through tests yeah. and tests. Yeah. It's a um, reason we don't have fucking, what is it? Polio. Me- polio or measles anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, it's all coming back. Thank you, People are afraid. Yeah, thank you, anti-vaxxers, for nothing. But yeah, don't fall into conspiracy. Like the whole jet fuel doesn't help still beams. Like mm-hmm. it's a national tragedy. Just let that go. Yeah. yeah, just let it. Just don't, don't be mean to people who yeah. don't deserve it. Yeah, exactly. Um, this transitions perfect into another lesson. Sometimes you gotta accept that other people are smarter than you. Sandy, a lot smarter than SpongeBob. Just accept it. SpongeBob, you could just SpongeBob could have just been like, you know what, you're right. There are no aliens, and like aliens is like a a weird subject for me because like I don't, I've never seen one, I've never experienced one that I know of, you know. But that's your same I, argument about ghosts, right? Yeah, but the yeah. thing is, like, I haven't seen it. I haven't like if an alien walks up in front of me or if a ghost is in front of me, then maybe I'll believe it then. But until then, there's no evidence for me. I guess that's fair. But, but- I. The only thing I can say about aliens is that the universe is very large, and if there are other aliens out there, I would I would accept that. If you're like aliens exist, and the fact that like our universe is so large and yeah, whatever. Yes, like that just be like yes, I believe that. I think it's kind of ignorant to think that we are the only life form planet in the entire universe. Although there are schools of thought that that like they I I haven't done a lot of research that so I can talk comfortably on it, but. There are schools of thought that if there were aliens, that we might not exist at the same time. Like, you know how, like, the dinosaurs existed before us, but, like, technically, if the dinosaurs were on a different planet, they'd be aliens, right? Yeah. So it's, like, that situation, like, the odds of us all coexisting at the same time and, like, other planets sustaining life, et cetera, et cetera, then there are no aliens at the same time that we're things. Like, maybe in the future, aliens will come to our planet and be like, oh, look. All these humans are gone. I wonder maybe. what they liked. Maybe. Or maybe the opposite. Maybe we we advance so much and we go to another place and they're like, oh man, around the same time in the 90s, there was a bunch of aliens that were cool as hell and now they're all gone. The 90s? Yeah. Well, I guess that's what the argument for like Mars, that there was life on Mars at some point in time because there was mm-hmm. like evidence of water possibly being there and there's like maybe evidence of there were structures that are can be like deciphered through the dunes or whatever in Mars. So mm-hmm. maybe that's the case. I would be open to that possibility, but based on logic, not on just straight up like I'm a f- <laughs> like I I believe in this because I think it exists. Fair. No other no other foundation for it. Fair. I do think aliens exist. 
I don't necessarily think it's those gray men that we see or like the alien aliens like the xenomorphs. <laughs> but I do think there's something out there. I think it's silly to think that we are alone in the universe. It's also kind of sad to think that. I'm the opposite. I, I want to think that we are alone in the universe. We're just on a big lonely rock. Wow. That's why you don't sleep at night. This <laughs> so just is all the true. sadness. That's why I'm up at 12:35 on a Sunday <laughs> on Sunday. Yeah. Uh recording with podcast with Josh. Yep. Think it's of fine. all the sleep I would get. Um no, um, but I think it that brings up another thing that I want to bring up is like this whole little act is like fear of the other where it's like, "Oh, well, yeah, like here are these aliens of foreign things." Yeah. Yeah. You know, we share we share this with this earth with a lot of different things and i feel like spongebob and patrick were very quick for being so friendly of creatures to just be like oh i'm gonna use all my preconceived notions of aliens and just assume that all these aliens here are here to kill us even one an alien that looked like gary gary's like the nicest snail there is yep and it wasn't even patrick or patrick who initiated Mm -hmm. like attacking gary it was spongebob his own owner was the one who initiated to capture gary SpongeBob's a little bit of a snake. He switches real quick. He does. On people. Yeah. Saw that in Patrick the last with episode. the ice cream cone. Yeah. Boom. Again. Done. Not always the hero. You keep not seeing always. that with him. And then I think what's also just as scary is how quickly Patrick just jumps onto it. Mm-hmm. You well, know, he's like, he's like, oh no, like okay, got it. I think that that's a really like deep thing to get into. So let's go in and dive into this deep lesson that mm-hmm. even good people can have. Um, like bad intentions mm-hmm. or and in this case it's like just capturing aliens or going an alien hunt just because it's foreign and scary mm-hmm. and those good people have influence on people and it can very easily influence others to like join on them on this witch hunt and that's exactly what happens it's like mm-hmm. witch hunts happen all the time not necessarily real witches but like salem was a real thing yeah um that people all of a sudden will gang up and go after another group of people or a group of things. And you see it really quickly on the internet too. We got that yeah. mob mentality. Yeah. Which mom, sometimes That's it. Mob I, mentality. That's the word. I think it's I think it's a double-edged sword. I I think the mob mentality works extremely well when it's done for good. Like find this person who, you know, like police always put out like here's a picture of someone who, you know, was caught assaulting people. Here's a, and, here's a sketch. Please help us find them. Yeah, exactly. And like to quickly find people like that, I think the mob works very well. But I think there are times where a mob mentality, we I think we jump in a little bit too quickly. Yeah. But I think it's I think quick as to a, judge, especially when it's something scary. Mm-hmm. As an individual, I think it's very important to do your research and see if joining the mob is an important thing. Yeah. Something scary and new. I mean, it just. Like reference to my own work, like we just did, we just opened Footloose uh, two mm-hmm. weeks or was it? Yeah, two weeks ago. And the whole show is about someone new coming into town, and they're from Chicago and coming into this new, like, little rural town and trying to bring dance into the community again when they have outlawed dance, but they make him to be this villain. So it's kind of that thing. It's just like it's not necessarily something new is something scary or bad. Like you have to give it a chance, and like Omar said, do your research in order to really understand what's going on. Yeah, I mean, like. And then if you do understand like something's wrong or something's incorrect, maybe backtrack a little. There's nothing wrong with admitting that you're wrong. No, absolutely not. Opinion. If you made a mistake, like if you made a huge mistake and you like maybe you should have some consequences for it, like 
stealing all your friends and taking them to the moon. Like, yeah, 100% exactly. should be punished for that. Exactly. But admit your mistakes when you're that when you get caught. Yeah, and it and like you said, it is really easy, especially in the age of the internet, to jump on this mom mentality. And I think Sp- mm-hmm. or Sandy puts it very well. She's like, "Look at you capturing all your friends and neighbors, and like rounding them up as if they were." Um, whatever like farm animals and i think that's true it's just like very easy when you get caught up in this mom mentality you turn against people that you consider friends or people that are neighbors or just whatever so just be careful about that it's crazy yeah and especially like again like this political climate has made everyone a little on edge so it can be very easy to turn against someone if their views don't exactly line up with yours and there's a way to call out if someone's saying something that is completely against like the norm or something that is not good there's a way to approach them that doesn't include like let's gang everyone up on them and prove that they're wrong because again in the age of the internet it is almost impossible to prove that someone is wrong they like people will argue until like their fingers hurt typing so much i'm, I'm guilty of that I'm, I'm really big on certain beefs on facebook i am not afraid to say it i believe very strongly in certain things but but how many times have you felt like that's actually like changed someone's opinion or do they just stop responding after a while or they just block you? That's that's the problem with me, though, is for for me. And this is a personal flaw or I know some people consider it a, a good trait, but we'll see as time goes on. And like a, in 10 years, if I think it's it was good or not. But for me, I feel if you argue, I don't like arguing based on emotion. If I argue anything on Facebook or anything else like that, I don't I don't argue based on like, oh, this is wrong because I believe blank. I don't like doing that. I say this is wrong because of and then a fact. I say this is incorrect because this is happening. Um, when I'm debating with stuff, that's what I try to do. If I say, why do you think this should happen? If someone says, oh, it's because of blank and it's a belief, it's not a fact or based in statistics or anything like that, then I don't trust it. Because I believe that you've already lost the argument where you're not arguing with reason and logic. So for me, when I see people who you know get to the point where you're like, I don't want to talk about this anymore, I see them failing at providing evidence for their argument. And yeah, on a, on a one-to-one personal level, I don't think that it changes their mind. But I think for other people, and this is the reason I do it, I think that other people look at other things. So when you are maybe pro, like, for example, I will say pro-gun, and I'm kind of anti-gun. I'm more pro-gun control. But something like that happens, and anyone else who, you know, maybe has the same mindset as someone I'm arguing against, or maybe that has the same mindset as me, is hopefully using my arguments to help their discussions. And again, I don't like doing based on feelings. I don't like calling people idiots. I don't like saying that, you know, they are dumb or anything like that. I, I argue based on like, well, why are you going to do this? Because here are the facts. I don't know. Well, like I said, Josh, I'll, fe- I'll see how it plays out in, you know, in 10 years future. where I'm like, this was stupid or not. But yeah. it is something to be aware about that maybe that mob mentality that I implement sometimes isn't, isn't the best. No. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see if it comes to bite you in the butt. We'll Another Squidward moment. Oh, maybe. Maybe it's a long-term Squidward moment. Yeah, it's the slow burn. To, to lighten things back up before we head to our bubble break, I love the whole situation where they pull out the egg sack and then they light from under and they're like, twins. twins. 
Because it's such a simple joke, but it's such a great joke. Because it's like... Tell it's his own hands. He can't even see that. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Also, before anyone else tries to call me out, Sandy's equation, I looked it up. And let me tell you, nerds love to argue on the internet. And I looked at a different Reddit. I looked at like three different websites that all try to figure out what the heck this equation means. And I have no clue. So I'm sorry if my research failed all of you listeners, but if you can explain what this equation even's for, people are like, oh, it's graphing a function. And then there was like problems with like, oh, X approaching infinity. And I was, I, it got too dense for me. And I used to do pre-calc. Pre-calc is the highest I did. And I did that in high school. So you cannot blame me. I used to do me. pre-calc. Oh, <laughs> Get out of here. Did you not do pre-calc? No. No, I did do oh. pre-calc, but that was it. Then I chose an art field where I was scared of math, so. See, me and Fatima did the same thing where we just took a class our senior year for dual credit. And because we also were in the same art field as you, just counted as, uh, it counted as all our math. It's fine. (laughs) Because artists don't need to know math, apparently. It's fine. But yes, if you're a mathematician or a scientist, just like we asked the marine biologists out there, yeah. Um, take a look and let us know what it is. Yeah, I, I have some smart friends who listen to the show, I hope. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe they'll they'll figure out what, what exactly this this equation. Maybe it's the secret to life. Who knows? Maybe that's what Sandy solved, the secret to life. We can only hope. All right. So on this week's bubble break, as we mentioned, we're going to talk about the Tonys a little bit. Uh, it was a pretty big event now that SpongeBob is a musical. Ooh. Yeah. Pretty pretty well-received musical from what I've heard. It was nominated for 12 Tonys, which is a lot. That is a lot to be nominated for. That is a lot of Tonys. They were tied with Mean Girls, I believe. Yeah, which is impressive. So just we're going to talk about that, a little bit about the performance. Uh, unfortunately, the only award that they did win was for the scenic design, which was impressive. It was an impressive scenic design. So congratulations. Congratulations to David Zinn. He's the scenic designer. Mm-hmm. Um, I can give you the other categories that are nominated in if you're interested, Josh. Yeah, let's do it. So they were nominated for Best Musical, Best Performance by a Leading Actor in a Leading Role in a Musical. That's uh, Ethan Slater. If you have not looked up Ethan Slater, let me tell you, he is a swole individual. He's got swole. big old buff arms. Best Book of a Musical, Best Original Score. And if you haven't looked at the score for SpongeBob, let me tell you, there are too many people on that score. I was waiting for that to win the Tony and oh, see Plain White Tees and Panic at the Disco, Sarah Bareilles, Cindy Lauper. Cindy Lauper, them all get up and accept that award. Get, uh, not Tony Were they even that. there is my question? I don't know. I probably was just like one person would go up and get that, I would hope. You get yeah. all of pop music on stage. It's like generations too. They yeah. got like the Flaming Lips, Panic at the Disco, John Legend, T.I., They Might Be Giants, um, Steven Tyler, a ton of people. Yeah. And then uh, let's see, Best Scenic Design of a Musical, which we talked about, Best Lighting Design of a Musical, Best Costume Design of a Musical, Best Sound Design of a Musical. Let me tell you. Welcome back, so sound Josh, designers. Josh has not seen the musical yet we are going to do an episode probably on just the musical once josh gets here to new york hopefully it's still running by then i am hoping um but we're gonna break that whole musical episode down it'll be a special episode for you guys and let me tell you the sound design is great because they include one special little thing is that they include every single footstep that spongebob does 
So you can hear every little squeak that his feet make. And same with Squidward, his tentacles, they make the suction cup noises. A lot of really uh, just nice details that they have with the sound design there. Um, let's see. Another one, best choreography. Best orchestrations. Uh, best direction of the musical, uh, Tina Landau. I tweeted, I was live tweeting the Tonys, by the way. I don't know if anyone caught that, but you can see all that thread on our Twitter at is Mayo a podcast. And Tina Landau liked my tweet, Josh. So we're basically famous now. Our stars. This is it. All eight, We've made it. All 19 followers, I think we have. Now we're famous. <laughs> Thank God. Because uh, I told her, I, I tweeted, I was like, Tina Landau looks fresh in that <laughs> um, blazer that she was wearing. And she did. Like, it, I, let me tell you, look up Tina Landau at the Tonys and look at her. It's like a pink jacket. If anyone had to direct SpongeBob, this woman looks perfect for directing SpongeBob. She picked an awesome outfit. It's true. And I think the last one that I want to mention is best performance by an actor in a featured role in a musical. And that's Gavin Lee, who's the, if you watch the Tonys or you can look it up right now, he's the one that plays Squidward and he did the performance. What did you think of the performance? The performance was very impressive. Like watching the entire costume, like the tap dance with Squidward was incredible. Pretty amazing to watch how the Squidward legs move. Yeah. It's very smart costume design. Extremely clever costume design. My only gripe, and this is just me being a purist. This is, has nothing to do with the actual costume design. I think it's amazing. I love it. My only gripe is that Sp- uh, Squidward's legs move in opposite directions. Mm. But like understanding that just the fact that these legs move together is just an amazing feat. That's having to move the same direction is like nitpicking. That's like being like, Oh, this is like slightly too salty. Like that's not even like actual criticism. No, it's fine. But, um, they, they performed, I'm not a loser, which if you've seen any of the other SpongeBob musical stuff, they always perform the same song. And I'm not a loser actually is a lot. One of the stronger songs I think on the, on the album. Oh, that's good. It was good. They had a really cool quick change. Squidward does that like into his coat and tails. That was really impressive. Oh, yeah. That was really impressive. It's just it makes you appreciate Squidward a lot more. And Gavin Lee did a good job. I I was kind of bummed out that he didn't win that he didn't win best performance by an actor featured role. It was too bad. Yeah. But, but uh, you win some, you lose some. But congratulations on the nominations. Nominations yeah. are always like it's a big thing to be nominated. All right, so that's it for this week's bubble break. Nice, short, and sweet, just about the Tonys, because we got to mention it. It just happened. Yeah. I mean, we're not late-breaking news, but still, it's good to mention. Good to mention. Keep you guys updated. All right. Let's go on to Act 2. This is Squeaky Boots. Um, We start the episode watching Mr. Eugene Krabs performing a little dance and song for his daughter, Pearl, which is the first time we get to meet Pearl. We have heard her before, but this is the first time we actually get to meet her at her birthday party and a classic parent embarrassing her in front of all her friends. At the end of it, she has to open her present and hoping she'll get her flipper slippers like all her friends are wearing. She gets these giant rubber fishing boots instead. She is very unhappy, just much like any other teenager who doesn't get what they want at their birthday party. Uh, throws a little bit of fit. Mr. Krabs now has to figure out how to get rid of those boots. So he brings them to work the next day and takes advantage of the ever gullible SpongeBob by making this huge elaborate story about how they belong to the best fry cook ever and it would make SpongeBob even better of a fry cook. So in exchange for the boots, SpongeBob gives Mr. Krabs his paycheck, offers to paint the Krusty Krab, 
and a bunch of other stuff before Mr. Crab cuts him off. He's like, no, 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 that's good. You're going to give me a heart attack. So immediately SpongeBob starts wearing those boots. And we notice the one flaw of these boots is just that they're super, super squeaky. So much to the point where it starts driving Mr. Krabs crazy. Mr. Krab goes home that night only to start counting his money in his dreams where he starts seeing the boots. And this progresses more and more. He starts hearing squeaks from his window. He tries to close the window, ends up breaking his foot, literally breaking his foot off, falling out the window, coming back in, window squeaks again, breaks his other foot, gets caught up in his hammock bed and not being able to sleep. So he goes into work the next day. Again, SpongeBob is showing off his boots. He's like, look at what I can do. I can do this and this and this and this. And the squeaking just drives Mr. Krabs crazy. So he has to do something about it. So in the dead of night, on the, that night, he breaks into SpongeBob's house, steals the boots, and hides them under the floorboards of the Krusty Krab. So SpongeBob comes in the next day, sobbing onto Mr. Krabs, apologizing profusely for losing his precious boots. Mr. Krabs is like, oh, it's fine, boy. Don't worry. Don't worry. But quickly, as the customer tries to order, the squeaking enters Mr. Krabs head. He starts hearing people, instead of talking, they hear squeaks and it drives him crazy. He goes into this weird nightmare that was actually a really cool sequence to watch. And he loses it, pulls up the floorboards of the Krusty Krab, grabs the boots, boils them, boils them down, eats them, and says the deed is done. Goes up to SpongeBob, gives him a little bit of a lesson of my boy, it's not the boots that make the fry cook, it's the booty. <laughs> or the one that's wearing the nice. boots. <laughs> nice. Nice. And the episode ends with him taking a little bit of vacation with him and his daughter Pearl driving off. He bought her her, her flipper slippers, finally, and he hiccups and he hears the squeak. And that's how the episode ends. Actually, I really like this episode. Say that a lot. I was cracking up. Yeah. I was dying. Yeah. I was actually like rewatching and I was like, this is pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Just especially when he like when he boils the boots and he shrinks them down and he eats his, them and then he like he had he had this huge like crazy like episode crazy, and then yeah. he, he eats it and then he's just like the deed is done. The deed is done. He has this like fucking insane crazy look on his face. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of crazy stills that I, I'm excited to look through as uh, as I get screenshots. It was a good one. A little fun fact. Thank you, Wiki, again. How we talked about the CG effects were in Jellyfish Jam last week. Mm-hmm. They use that again for his like weird fever dream that he has about the boots, which was a really, again, a really cool sequence to watch. And then another uh, fun fact. So this episode, and I'm going to quote the Wiki because they word it very nicely. This episode takes many cues from Edgar Allan Poe's The Telltale Heart, which is the story of a man who commits a heinous crime and whose guilt and paranoia eventually drives him to confess and it's like there's a direct reference in the episode because um the actual line from the telltale heart is the beating of the hideous heart and when mr crab says it the squeaking of the hideous boots so it's just it's good Good. lazy writing just kidding no lazy writing good homage good homage homage. what pissed me off though is spongebob sleeping with his boots on in the bed gross Spongy boot wearing <laughs> SpongeBob needs to put those shit away. He needs to he needs to wipe those off and put them to the side. I don't care who wore those boots. Anyways, you can't be I wearing those. That. Yeah, no, don't it's wear like, that. Why are you wearing your feet, your boots to bed? Like, keep your bed. Your bed should be a sacred space. So keep it clean. They say that you should only use your bed for two things, and I'll let you guys figure those out. So, anyways, also <laughs> thanks. Subtle. 
I like that. Yeah. Also subtle. It's not the boots. It's the booty. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> it's not the boots. Booty. It's the booty. <laughs> that should be our sign off this one. Yeah. No, probably not. We'll see. <laughs> you, you'll have to get to the end. We'll find out. It'll be a surprise. It'll be a big surprise. Makes you guys keep listening. I like that uh, <laughs> Mr. Crab gets his name wrong, kind of. It's like Spongeboy Me Bob when oh, he tries there's... to manipulate Spongebob into buying the boots. There's actually a fun fact with that, too. Ooh. I don't know if you know that. So, Spongeboy Me Bob it could also be a reference to Spongebob's original name. Can you guess what that would have been? Is it Spongeboy? Yep, it's Spongeboy. So, originally, they were going to call Spongebob Spongeboy. So original. But guess what? Nickelodeon, when they went to go license the name, found out a mop company already owned it. Oh. So, they changed it to Spongebob. And here we are. Honestly, SpongeBob a lot better than SpongeBoy. I'm so glad. That's been like, yeah, 20 years later. Now we have SpongeBob. I, I like SpongeBob a lot better than SpongeBoy. Yeah. SpongeBoy just seems like lazy. Shout out to Nickelodeon for making the right choice. Yeah, for changing the name. Yeah. Um, I think we do get a really good look at how much of a swindler, like how well, how good of a swindler Mr. Krabs is. That whole story that he strings together of like the lie he makes for the boots is a little impressive like it's also not the first time he's lied and done that no mm -mm. and it's not the last he continues Mm -hmm. he will do that again also on mentioning mr krabs like the fact that he can we we touched on this a little bit that mr krab may also have godlike powers like he's the god of frugal food or whatever we said Mm -hmm. the fact that he can like break his feet off and be completely fine and just has to like tie them to like he just had a bandage on them I learned because I was also curious about that because I was like, can crabs yeah. regenerate? Is that a real thing? And they can, but over time. Okay. So maybe he's got a little bit like super super crab power where he's like, I'm going to repair like overnight. Yeah, maybe. And just tie them together with his bandages. I There's know. a controversy that I want to address. Ooh. So there are a lot of theories on why Pearl and Mr. Krabs have a relationship as far as father and daughter. Have you heard of this? I've heard some stuff about this, yes. Um, what have you heard? I don't want to say it. If well, I don't want to say it. It's just think... it's, too, it's too grotesque for me. Yeah. Well, there's certain very like Stockholm Syndrome kind of like. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. You never heard those ones? It's just like he's no. just keeping her as like his like daughter wife or whatever. Oh, no. Yeah. I've never heard of that yeah. one. No, it's, that's, that's gross. Yeah. Another one's just like trying to people people are trying to understand exactly how that mating works like how a crab and a whale then produce a whale like how does that work the one i've heard pearl is like they have a sugar sugar baby sugar daddy relationship oh so for those of you who don't know those of you innocent listeners i'm about to ruin that a sugar daddy is generally an older man will pay for a younger woman and usually there is some sexual connotation in between them. So, because usually older men are usually in their money-making prime, and younger women usually tend to need money. So it's not like a prostitution situation. It's more like kind of like giving, dating, but one hundred percent money-based. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Got something to give. So, so a sugar baby would be like someone who benefits from that, and then a sugar daddy would be the one providing that of, lifestyle. A little bit of tit for tat, I think is what yeah. they say. Oh, tit for tat. Tit for tat. Tit for tat. 
It's a solid, that solid booty. way of describing it. Booty. It's not about the, it's not about the booty. About the booty. Um, yeah, I don't, it, it, I don't it is like weird because she's supposed to be in high school. Like in later episodes, she goes to prom with um, SpongeBob. So it's like she's in high school. So it's kind of a little weird to think that. I don't. Is a that's sugar why daddy I don't really on. believe. I don't believe in that situation yeah. because. Mr. Krabs doesn't like spending money, so I think it's against his character to have a sugar baby. Because mm. even with quote unquote like the gift he's getting for his daughter, right? Yep. He, spends... he only got her two dollar boots. Yeah, two dollar boots. I don't know much I don't know how much he ended up having to spend on the flippers slippers, but I'm sure that it took Pearl a lot more time to like be like crying and whining. And I can like, I feel like a sugar daddy is has more uh, more a grip on like oh yeah I'm just gonna spend money for this person I'm just gonna go out and buy him a diamond necklace it's fine exactly here you go um, buy some pearls for pearl yeah pearls for pearl nice <laughs> maybe it's an adoption thing maybe Mr Krabs couldn't fill all the void in his life through through just money so maybe he needed to get a mm-hmm. kid and that's what he got he got pearl like I would believe that I think Mr Krabs does have a soft spot and I can you can kind of see with his little life lessons and stuff. That he does care about SpongeBob in a way that mm-hmm. kind of seems like enough mentor, but he, he mean, takes advantage of him. But I think that's just his that's his bane is just his greed. But he does like have a sensitive side. So I think maybe he does want to be a father. And that's why maybe he did adopt Pearl. Or maybe he had maybe Pearl's mom exists somewhere out there. Who knows? The one the theory I liked the most was I saw it online. It's John Negroni. I don't know who he is, but he has a pretty Sh- solid website. Shout out. His theory from like, I think he took it from a Reddit user is that because there are episodes where Mr. Krabs and he basically, you guys should go look it out. I just, I just looked up, um, the article is called the Krabs theory. Who is really the mother of Pearl? I'm sure if you Google that, you'll find it. Cause I ended up just typing in sugar daddy, Mr. Krabs, Pearl, and that ended up finding this thing. So be careful what you Google, but it should be there. There's some weird shit on the internet. So yes, be careful. They're saying that um, Pearl was saved by Mr. Krabs, that her oh. mother is died. And it's a pretty interesting theory because it dives into like the fact that Mr. Krabs like, it has, like, does not like hooks at all because there's an episode with hooks, with SpongeBob and stuff like that. He doesn't like hooks at all. So they're thinking that Pearl's mother died that way. And so he's extra defensive. And there's other like situations where, Good for him. where like there's allusions to it. Okay. So I kind of like that theory that he would save like this this young whale. Yeah, and raise her as his own. Or maybe it's an adoption thing, or maybe it was like uh like a step parent situation. Yeah, step parent maybe. Yeah, he does care yeah. about her. I think it mm-hmm. shows that he does really care about Pearl. It shows another episode. So even the most greedy, crusty crustaceans out there have a heart. Oh yes, so, deep under that shell. Yeah, deep in the squishy heart. Tough exteriors can hide a nice nougaty center. I thought it was really interesting that this episode is the first, well, this act is the first act that has, that isn't SpongeBob-centric. Yep. You know, it's just, it was basically a Mr. Krabs episode. It was like a a solo episode for for him. Yeah. It was good to see more of his life, like Mm -hmm. him being those typical parents who try to embarrass their kid and don't really realize they're doing it. Mm -hmm. Again, it just like makes him more human, which was nice to see. Actually related a lot to this episode because... Um, I'm also a whale who wanted flipper slippers. No, I one time you are a whale. Well, not one time. Sure. I still own. I still own these. Shoes. Thank you. I'm glad you noticed. It's hard um, to not I, notice. 
I actually still own these shoes, but I had a, a pair of shoes that for some reason, anytime I walked on tile at work, just at work, every other place it was fine, they would squeak. It's kind of like when you have a coworker, like a female coworker that usually wears heels and you can hear them coming down the hallway. Click, 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 click. But it like makes sense because like, oh, they're wearing heels. But like for me, it was just like squeak, 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 squeak. And I was like, oh my God. Driving me crazy. And that was a I thing I, I want this wa- attention. wanted to mention is just like, at what point was the squeak really that bad and how much of it was just Mr. Krabs' subconscious feeding into it? Because I don't know if this has ever happened to you or like any kind of life situation where maybe you've said something that's ins- like low-key insulting or you've done something that might be mean and now you just like question all your ac- like actions all of a sudden. You start- well, that's me every day. Yeah, every day, right? <laughs> it doesn't even have to be something mean. It's just like something really simple. And I'm like, oh, man. And you start overanalyzing mm-hmm. all these like actions someone might take or whatever. And I think that's part of this, too, is just like he was very sub- subconscious about the squeak. And it just played into his like. I think this whole act is about guilt. Yeah. Guilt. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> he was guilty of not getting the right boots mm-hmm. or right shoes present which is uh he's guilty of getting not getting the right present he's guilty of lying to spongebob spongebob gave up a whole paycheck he was gonna paint the crusty crab he was gonna do all this stuff like he almost like spongebob almost gave him like f- probably four weeks of money yeah just for these boots because he thought they were for the from this famous fry cook that mr crabs couldn't even remember the name yeah. or even fake a name fake a name yeah this is like you came up with this big elaborate lie and you could even come up with a name yeah, exactly Sometimes it's the small details that get you. He does improve on that later, future episode, yeah. foreshadowing. Future episode. One of my favorites. Yeah. But yeah, the, that guilt can be a dangerous thing. Yeah. He, uh, I think what happened was time went on, he just got guiltier and guiltier, and it made him crack. It's true. Poor thing. Crack that crab. Mm-hmm. Crack that crab. <laughs> crack that crab. Put some butter on it, crack that crab. That's what I always say. Give some woman and some butter, crack that crab. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, it was interesting to kind of see like fads in this episode, like teenage fads, uh, mm-hmm. like even middle school. I remember middle school. Like, do you remember those shoes, Fat Farms, like P H A T? Oh yeah, yeah. It kind of reminds me of those back. those flipper the flipper slippers. Kind of reminded me of like everyone had <laughs> had those damn shoes. I never or got like, those shoes, but everyone's like, "Oh, these are the freaking sickest shoes ever." <laughs> that was me with Etnies. I always always wanted Etnies. I've never even heard of Etnies. You definitely so, see them. It's like a, it, it sure. looks like an E. It looks more like an M. If you look at the shoe, it looks like an M. No. But they were like skater shoes, and I wanted to be a skater really bad. But my mom hated those shoes because she thought they looked like, um, in Spanish, it's called a torta, but it's basically a, a sandwich. If you Google torta, T O R T A, that's what she thought they looked like. You can Google that. That's a safe Google, I think. I don't think you're going to get anything weird. But skate shoes look very like wide and flat and like fat, mm-hmm. and she always hated them, but I always wanted them. It was kind of funny. It's like that's a common theme with mm-hmm. like teenagers wanting the newest, coolest shoe. Mm-hmm. But I know. It's like, I think it's just like a conflict of taste. Because yeah. like when you're like when I'm, I'm sure when I'm older or even now, like my little brother, uh, he has certain things that he wants, and I'm just like, why? Why do you want that? I would never like as me as my parents would never buy my little brother something that that's specific or anything like that. And I'm just like, this is so weird. Why do you want this very specific thing? Yeah. And they even show these flipper slippers. They're like 
those clogs that you see like old what is it like, like swedish people yeah people wear I'm like this is i guess that's cool i get i don't know it's a fad there's a point where it's like do i give my kid this or do i do something different yeah do i, do I make them suffer right and sometimes it's like it's okay to get them like splurge a little bit on that gift mm-hmm. but also yeah. don't spoil them it's like make them a little humble I, do you think that pearl's reaction is a result of mr krabs raising her i, I it's do a very materialistic I reaction do think she's kind of spoiled and i think it kind of do you think that's just like a kid thing no i think she is materialistic i think i mean mr krabs himself is very materialistic i mean he just cares about money mm-hmm. um so i think that's kind of bled into her but more of like the typical teenager way where they're like they care about their clothes or their looks or having the next like the biggest best thing and having a dad who can afford that makes it easy for Pearl to be spoiled like that. And then uh, that leads in me to my next point. Like one small lesson is don't give in to that peer pressure. Because if all your friends have flipper slippers, doesn't mean you need to wear flipper slippers. Start your own fad. Be a trendsetter. Yeah. Be unique. I don't like having the same crap as everyone else. And you're just not cool. I don't like being cool. <laughs> but here I am just... Cool as a cucumber. He was, yeah, I guess so. I guess you can say that. Some might well, say the, that. I'm the coolest kid on this podcast, you know? Okay. I wouldn't go that <laughs> far, but I'll let you believe whatever helps you sleep at night or not sleep, as we've established. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, and also just appreciate the gifts that people give you. Mm. It is true. I got better at that when I got older, because when I was like, before Christmas, I knew exactly what I wanted. I used to make like a list and everything, be very specific. Mm. And and like nowadays, like my parents have a hard time getting me gifts because they'll be like, what do you want? And I'm like, I don't know. Because all the stuff I want is like stupid expensive. So I'm not going to ask you guys to get that. Yeah, exactly. Play off my student loans. No, that's <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> but like, but, I do appreciate now as like adult, like getting socks for Christmas or clothes. Like as a kid, you're like, oh, okay, I don't want, I don't want clothes as a kid. But now it's like, wow. I got some new clothes. <laughs> yeah. The big switch for me, I was like, oh, man, I was always getting underwear. And I was like, oh, my God, why? See, the problem is, is they give you underwear when you're young. You don't need it when you're young. You need it when you're older. I think you need underwear at any point in your life. <laughs> no, obviously, literally, you do need underwear. But I'm saying, like, as a gift, like, when you're younger, hopefully your parents are providing that underwear yes. if they can. But what I'm saying is, when you're older, that's when you're like, oh, God, do I really have to buy new boxer briefs? These old stained ones are fine. It doesn't matter. (laughs) I know someone who uses underwear that has holes in it. I know. Quite often. It's the same thing with socks. It drives me crazy to watch people who just like wear socks that have giant holes in them. I was like, how do you wear your shoes and like deal with like foot sweat with just giant holes? Can can you not drag me on the the podcast? Dragging a lot of people right now. You know who you are. I don't like it. Because I always tend to find out that my socks have holes in them. Because I don't notice when I'm wearing my shoes, right? Because I don't really pay attention. I'm bad at getting dressed. I just, like, grab pants, put on a shirt. I think, like, about two seconds for my shirt. I'm like, oh, Pikachu shirt. Sounds good. That's what I'm wearing today. And that's how I go about my day. Fashion Nova. Same with my <laughs> my Fashion Nova jeans. <laughs> no, I, all I do is I just grab some socks from the drawer and I put them on and I go put on my shoes and boom out the door but what always happens to me and i may very self-conscious about it now because i pay attention to it a lot now is every time i go to the airport 
Oh yeah. So when I notice <laughs> I have holes in my socks. You're that hobo. I take off my shoes and then as soon as I put my socks on the floor, I feel cold, disgusting, LaGuardia airport floor. And I'm like, oh my God, I have holes in my socks. What have I done? <laughs> so I've gotten better because I've gotten more just, socks as gifts. Just don't understand like if you're giant like if people who are like literally missing all the toes out of their freaking sock. Yeah. Like, how do you walk around? And not like deal with that like weird sweat, like the weird moisture that builds up in your shoe, or like the flapping skin. around of like the bits and pieces. Yeah, of your it's sock. like nah, that's like awful. Treat yourself, get yourself some socks, or appreciate exactly. the gifts. <laughs> there are people who can't afford socks. You should go out and buy socks for yourself and for them. Yeah, be nice. Yeah, so a little lesson. I'm there. glad we brought that up. It was weighing on my heart. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> um. Small thing of godlike power when spongebob and a little thing to touch on here too spongebob is more sorry that he lost the boots to mr Krabs, even though he bought these boots like he owned these yeah. but he was super apologetic and sad that he lost them which is like speaks to his character but the godlike power here is like when he's super sad he lays down on the fryer his face is literally the grills cooking yeah. his face <laughs> does not care at all maybe his emotional maybe it's not godlike power maybe the emotional pain just like supersedes the uh physical, <laughs> the physical pain. pain i mean he does regenerate so maybe he's like constantly maybe it's like a wolverine situation maybe. where it hurts but he's just constantly regenerating so it's fine except in logan rest in peace all right all right all right spoiler alert sorry she's been out for years gotta redo that. and has been out for a while and if you've sorry, seen guys. deadpool 2 it's just like right there it shows off right there at the beginning. Oh, of the I haven't seen Deadpool 2. Don't ruin that for That's me. That's a small little gag that they do. That's too close. Good movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we all tell these little white lies, but sometimes some lies can hurt people and not in the way that you think that where they like, oh my God, you were lying to me. That hurts my feelings. But they might feel really bad where if you said, oh, this sweater belonged to my great grandma, you can borrow it. But in reality, you just want them to take care of your sweater. Just take your sweater and that you bought at the thrift shop. Yeah, and they lose it, and then they're just like, oh, my God. And, like, yeah, maybe you'll be upset because your sweater's gone or something like that. But, you know, it's just a thing. Don't be so materialistic. And that kind of plays into one of the lessons I got for this episode is don't be materialistic, but don't scam people. And I think we all kind of equate scamming to, like, pyramid scams and all that stuff, pyramid schemes. Mm -hmm. But I think on a lesser sense, like, what you just touched on is also scamming people, like, making them believe there's more... um value to something just to get rid of it on your own part is it's not cool like just be honest about it at least i would say don't scam people if you have a conscience because that's yeah. what mr that's what that's what uh screws over mr Krabs. that's what screws him over. Up having a conscious yeah yeah he's he's like i i can lie i can do this and then eventually he goes mad let's go crazy goes crazy and it does he has a whole happen to you. episode in public <laughs> that could happen to you so be careful Good breakdown. Don't let that guilt weigh you down. Build up. Yeah. Do you have any other lessons that you got from this? No, most of my lessons were like I, I think we touched on them. Like appreciate yeah. the people, the gifts people give you. Don't give into peer pressure. Uh oh, one cut your losses. Sometimes you just you know you lose money. Yep. Not every investment's a good investment. We all wish that we could you know invest in Apple and boom, be rich. But no, it doesn't happen. Oh, one thing. thing. Scuba gets vacation time. He gets a whole week of vacation. Yep. He's like, bye, Mr. Krabs. I'll see you in a week. Do you think that vacation time's paid? Probably not. Absolutely not. 100% or not. Do you think, 
Or do you think he just hated it that much? He was like, I'd rather not work for a week. Oh, I 100% think he hates it that much. He's just like, I'm just going to go for a week. <laughs> Come back. Come back to my miserable job. And then Mr. Krabs goes on vacation too. And Squidward's also on vacation. So does that mean SpongeBob's alone running the Krusty Krab? Yeah. And I don't know how this place runs. Me either. Don't understand it. <laughs> Maybe it's like the honor system. Maybe there's just so much good in Bikini Bottom. As long that, as like, you don't have to worry about getting it. Getting Krabby Patties out, I'm sure it's fine. Right? Yeah, he doesn't care as long as the drawer counts out to the same exact amount. And... That's all he cares about. And like what we were touching on there is like, don't be cheap. Like, if you can afford to splurge on a little bit of a gift, or anything really, like, it pays well, off to buy means, something man. quality. Like, if you're going to buy those $2 boots that don't aren't really that great quality and are going to drive you crazy in the end, splurge and buy the better shoes, you know? Mm-hmm. That's the same thing with, like, underwear, socks, anything. Like, if you can afford to... Toilet paper, especially toilet paper. Don't settle for one ply. Get something better. I have a confession. I switched to one ply since moving to New York. I hate it. And your butt probably regrets it. My butt does regret it, but you know what doesn't regret it? My wallet. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's just a few dollars more. But do you know what my trick is, Josh? What? Do you double the toilet paper? Make it two I by just, yourself? I fold it. I'm not a crumpler. I fold it yeah. nice and neat. Do my business. And it's like I had quad ply. <laughs> All right. Quint, quintuple ply. Great, great, great. <laughs> Septuple ply. That was so... One of the first like summer shows I did in college, I did it with the intern Tima, um, and the people we were staying with. That was like the one thing they told us is they're like, "Oh, we got like nice double ply, better double ply toilet paper." And the lady that was telling us that she's like, "You know, I learned very quickly that I may not have a bunch of money, but I need to treat myself and buy nice toilet paper because it's the one area that I can make sure I'm comfortable in and I should be comfortable in." So. You can take either way. Either get the single ply and punish yourself to save on money and double it I have up. A question. Yeah. Is this also the person who uses natural diapers? Yes. It was the same person. Yeah. Hmm. That's a weird mix. Yeah, it is. That makes sense. Yeah. I like I definitely do prefer a, a higher ply toilet paper. Yeah. It just doesn't last as long, unfortunately, for my wallet. So I was like, I don't want to be buying toilet paper every just so comfortable. Gotta keep using you know, it. A week. <laughs> I don't. I I can go without the comforts for now. I'll I'll buy some fancier ply for my guests. When you're but. when you're super famous. When I'm super famous and I have a gold toilet. Yeah. I'll still be using single ply. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. I use gold toilet paper. Be using cardstock. <laughs> Cards. It's so fancy. It hurts. Um. The exact opposite situation. Yeah. <laughs> um. I think. After that toilet paper, tan- toilet paper tangent, I think it's a good segue to go ahead and go into our big lessons for the week. For our big lesson this week, Josh, how strongly do you have one? Um, I think I found one that works. It was really difficult because these two episodes felt super different to me. And I, I told you a little bit before, like if mm-hmm. the um, moon episode happened last week, I would have been much easier. But this week I did have a hard time, but I did find one. I also had a hard time. I feel like these are very contrasting episodes. And I think what might have led to it was the fact that one was more about Mr. Krabs mm-hmm. and one was more about SpongeBob. Yeah. I don't know. I think it, it, this was a tough nut to crack, but I have one as well. Okay. I'll go first. So what I got is uh, the idea of responsibility and owning to your responsibility. 
um, part of that, like we see that in the first episode, that if Spandy has a responsibility as being a very smart person to make sure that like stuff like the rocket or the Whirlybird incident and all that is maintained safe to make sure that everyone else is safe. Mm -hmm. And I think same thing with SpongeBob in that episode has a responsibility to respect Sandy's equipment and not bring Patrick into it, even though he did try to stop Patrick, but he could have tried a little harder. I think he ended Mm -hmm. up playing along too much with it. And I think not owning up to that responsibility, especially on Sandy's part and allowing SpongeBob to go overboard um, and not stopping him sooner by being like, no, you're not going with me. You are not responsible enough to do this. Um, led to everyone getting captured and them getting stuck on the moon. Um, and then we see it in the second episode, uh, second act, that Mr. Krabs had been more responsible and gotten a better pair of shoes for Pearl or handling the whole shoe situation better instead of swindling them off to SpongeBob and then dealing with the guilt of that if he was just more of a responsible person to begin with and either disposed of those shoes properly or returned them or whatever he had to do then he wouldn't have had that whole breakdown, you know? Mm-hmm. And that whole thing, too, is, like, the whole breakdown, that was not a responsible way to handle that. Like, breaking into SpongeBob's house and stealing them and then hiding them in the floorboards, like, that is not a responsible thing to do. So make sure that you are checking your responsibility and understanding what, how you have the power and respons- what responsibility you have in a situation and maintaining that. And I think that plays into, like, a workplace very well. And understanding that if you're hired to do a job, if you're hired to be like a lighting designer or a cinematographer or whatever, you have the responsibility to make sure that gets executed and executed properly. And knowing what that entails is important and knowing what those responsibilities are. And even in real life, like maintaining responsibility of making sure your house is clean, making sure that your bills are paid or that you're saving money for whatever may happen. All of that, just like understanding responsibility is an important lesson that I got out of this. For me, the what I took out of both episodes is, I like to describe it, is like you take what you can get. SpongeBob in the very beginning, you know, he had to beg to get on that rocket. He really needed, to, he wa- really wanted to go. He's fucked up in the past. And sh- Sandy was like, no, 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 you can't go. And finally, Sandy does cave. And it was her responsibility, you know, or like you were mentioning, but... SpongeBob should have just been like, awesome. I'm gung ho. What do I need to do? Where do I need to show up? And, you know, started from there. Exactly taking what he, he's given and just doing the best with it. Same thing with Mr. Krabs. I feel like he should have just took the L. He should have been like, nope, sorry. Um, I got the wrong shoes. I lost $2. And now I can give them to my fry cook and been like, just, Again, take what he can get and be like, oh, like, do you want these boots? I'll. You could have just gotten $2 for it. I'm sure SpongeBob would have bought them and been like, do you want these boots? Yeah, instead of making this big elaborate lie that was unnecessary. Exactly. Yeah. And the same thing with like Pearl. She could have just been like, okay, thank you for these boots. Yep. Boom. End of episode. Yep. Or even SpongeBob at the very beginning of the, of the Sandy one. Like, oh, well, I guess I can't go. Yeah, not let, let me just guilt Sandy into taking me with her, even though I have caused commotion in the past. And possibly a mass murder. A genocide of some sorts. Sometimes we, as human beings, can have a hard time understanding that sometimes the cards you're dealt are the cards you're dealt. You just kind of do the best with them. You just go out. You, you're like, this is what the situation I'm, I'm in. 
And there are situations where you should try to enact change, but there's also situations where you're just like, you have to understand that this is the, the place that you're in. Maybe you got to soak that in and use it as a lesson instead of using it as a way to like cascade it into something different. Yeah. Cause like with, you know, like you said with Mr. Krabs, he's like making this elaborate lie and with SpongeBob, he's like begging and really pushing it way too far. And it even works with Patrick. Patrick was like, cool, let's spray this window repellent, even though how good that repellent is going to work, no one knows. But he's like, oh, okay, I'm going to go into the ship. I'm going to press all the buttons. I'm going to do all this other stuff. Again, just understanding that situation and being like, okay, this is what I des- not deserve, but this is what I have. Yep. I think like touching on that is like also like responsibility and touching on understanding what you have is your friends and being responsible for your friends. I think everyone in this situation in both acts were responsible for SpongeBob's actions. Like again, Sandy knows what type of person SpongeBob is, but as friends do, you have a soft spot for people. Mm-hmm. So she's like, all right, you can go. But sometimes it's like better just to understand that, that friend that you have isn't capable of doing something and just ending it there. And the same thing with like Mr. Krabs, like understanding who SpongeBob is as a person will go overboard with this boot thing and make a huge to do about it. I don't know. I feel like I relate to that a lot because there are that whole soft spot for your friends where you're just like, oh, okay, well, I do understand that if I do this favor for you, I might not get something in return mm-hmm. or I might not get the same friendship. You know, it won't, in return. It won't be like, you know, it, like, it, like it's not an equal footing. Yeah. It won't be that tit for tat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although hopefully not in the sugar daddy yeah. sense. It's a really hard time in friendships to understand how like reciprocation works. Like if you're gonna actually get something back for investing this time into this person or if you like if it's worth putting all this time and effort or allowing someone to do something. Um mm-hmm. it's a really hard balance to do. And I don't have all the answers for that, but part of it I think goes into the kind of like, the lessons we talk about is just being responsible and understanding how that person works. And also even like last week's is just being self-aware of understanding like the awareness of a situation or the people around you is like if you are giving too much time or not getting something completely out of a relationship and it's like completely one-sided, then maybe it's time to rethink how you're approaching that relationship. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up the reciprocation thing Mm -hmm. because I also have a problem where it's the opposite where someone is trying to give someone else something, but they're expecting something in return Mm -hmm. because it's like, only in situations where it's like this is a favor or a gift. Like if you're giving someone a gift, you shouldn't expect someone something in return. If that person's coming to you for a favor, if they're saying, "Hey, if Josh is coming up to me and says, "Hey, Omar, can you please do this for me?" Cool. Can you do this for me? That's like a fair situation. Mm-hmm. But if I go up to Josh and I say, "Hey, Josh, like I would love to do this for you." But then you know, Josh never, well, oh, well, Josh, you never bought my lunch even though that one time i bought your lunch no it's a gift you've given it to that person just don't expect them to repay it if you offer something to someone don't expect them to repay it Mm. but if they come to you and they're asking for your help then maybe they should repay it in in the future when they can yeah but don't don't expect anything like yeah you don't yeah again take what you can get exactly yeah that's good i i think you know i was worried about our big lesson this week and i think we we nailed it. Nailed it. Again. Awesome. Killing it. 
Killing it. Thank you so much for joining us with this episode, season one, episode eight. Um, hopefully next week you'll tune in. If you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us on almost every social media. So if you do want to contact us or you want to find out more information, you can go to ismayonnaiseapodcast.com. You can email us at ismayonnaiseapodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on any social media. If you Google is mayonnaise a podcast you will find us um definitely if you enjoy the show i've talked to a lot of people who said i love listening to your podcast i love recommending it to friends what really helps us is if you if you have an apple device please comment and rate our our channel if you can leave a nice couple of words for us we can read that on the podcast and or not read them you can write it in there please don't read this out loud but it's one of those situations, like if you just even share it on your Facebook, share it on Instagram, share it on Twitter, it does a lot to bring other people because we want to share the wealth with other share people. Share the message of SpongeBob with everyone. It's, let's, bring, let's bring the conspiracy theory that SpongeBob is a god to everyone. Yeah. Share it with I a, want it to be, with be trope. <laughs> canon. I want it to be canon. I want Tom Kenny and all the rest of the SpongeBob team to come to me and be like, you know what? You found out our secret. And then I disappear magically. <laughs> Poof. <laughs> the Illuminati. Shout out again. And then, sud- <laughs> it's and then suddenly a character, suddenly there's a fish that looks like me in SpongeBob. <laughs> and then they just, they trapped me in the show somehow. That's what I want. <laughs> if I could get that dream and you guys can help me realize that dream, that'd be wonderful. Be great. So uh, that's all we have for you today. Thank you Please, again. again. Thank you again. Thank you again. Tune in next week. Um, something very important that I want to tell you um, to leave you off for this episode is I just really want you to... You okay? Yeah, yeah. You didn't hear me? Uh, no. Sorry, it might be the connection bed. You know, Josh and I use Google Hangouts to talk to each other. So um, it's just very important that you remember... What, what the are you saying? All right. Well, bye, everybody. No! <laughs>